This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, right. Uh, welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast uh, with me, Stanford Chidge, and him over there in the blue corner, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Cooey. And him over there in the blue corner, because we only have blue corners on the Chelsea Fancast, if you've not figured that out yet. Uh, in the other blue corner, we have Mr. Tony Glover in his uh, local pub, actually, yeah, by the looks of it. Yeah, with the local pub background, even though I've not been there. What's the name of the gaff? It's called the Rising Sun in Clanfield. There is a house in Clanfield, Hans. They call the Rising Sun. And it's been years old. It was rebuilt. And this is a 1960s thing. Uh, The original pub was a stone cottage. And in the 60s, they went, who fucking wants that silly old stone cottage? They knocked it down (laughs) and they built the pub in a day. No way. They shipped it down from Lady Margaret Road in Southall on the back of two lorries. So it was a porter cabin, effectively. And that pub stood there for the best part of 30-odd years before, in the end, the local council condemned it. And then they went and built, built this one. And they did a very good job. It's all nice wooden beams and, and open fires. You know, so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a bit of a, a mock mock pub in that sense. But, you know, but it, they have done a good job. So, yes. And I feel kind of warm when I'm sitting with that background. Um, yeah, well, it looks great, mate. And I, it's a shame it's not open. We can't come and have a pint with you. Now, as you know, we've been uh, doing this 50 years of Chelsea uh, for, well, really since the lockdown happened. And uh, we started in 1970 with the FA Cup win. Uh, and we're now up to 77, 78. And uh, as I said, Chelsea are back, but not Eddie McCready. Um I mean, what I'm going to ask you, Jonathan, well, both of you, obviously, but I'll ask you first, Jonathan. I mean, basically, we knew that Eddie McCready had resigned uh, by about June, July, didn't we? Nobody really knew why. Ken Shalito came in as his replacement. Excuse me, excuse me. Shalito. Sorry, Shalito. Thank you. Shalito. asked him personally. No, no, fair enough. What, how you pronounced it? You said it's Shalito, mate. Shalito. I said, yes. Yeah. I so, 
Ken Shalito. Oh, um, get my <laughs> no, Ken he's he's made the manager. Obviously, he he was the the, the youth team manager at the time. So, Jonathan, what did you think about him? Because the love for Eddie Mac, having I mean, we you know Mark's enthusiasm and passion for it all just just came so strongly through last week, didn't he? And the people love that that Eddie Mac side. They loved Eddie Mac. He was a brilliant manager. And and we're really excited about going back to Division One. And then this happens. I mean, how did how did you feel when you've heard the news? I was completely bemused. Uh, what the fuck? You know, typical Chelsea. Jesus God. And that story went out that he'd asked for a car, which everybody heard about. We thought took that for gospel. You read the book, and it wasn't anything to do with a car. It was just the board being complete. See you next Tuesdays. I mean, I have to, the, the ability of that lot to shoot themselves in the foot, for God's sake. You know, I mean, he was the, I honestly think, I've said this to you last week, if they'd kept him, they would have, and they'd, they'd actually, uh, I know he made a decision to get rid of all the old guard, but I think the way they were going, if they then bought a couple of players, they would have, they would have done well, and they'd done well, got into the, the Fairs Cup or whatever, they'd have done really well in Europe. Because this was an era where we were better than continental sides. We, that's why Forrest did well. We, last season, i.e. the season before this one we're talking about, they beat Forrest. And Forrest had all these great players uh, playing for them. And they were, they were a, 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 you know, a, a European Cup win, winner's team in miniature. And then Clough, Clough just bought a couple of re- extra players and they became um, a really top team. And Chelsea had that ability with this this really advanced manager dealing with structures of the team and tactics that were way beyond um, anybody else that was going on. And it's very interesting to see under Shelato, it ceases to have the same diamond and relies enormously on booting the ball down the pitch a lot more, which is something that they never got rid of from that well for various periods of their. Of, of, of some of the seasons where it's not how it, Eddie had them playing though was it I mean he was no, playing no, no. Sure, short passing no yeah. Eddie had them but it, it began to revert to this mm. this lack of of I think he was unbelievably disciplined and Ken uh, you know despite being a sweet guy and attempting to maintain the the impetus just didn't have it in him to get them to play the same way and mm. uh, and it was an absolute disaster. What were the boys doing? What, what, what? Were your, what, were you, what were your hopes? I mean, you know, given all of that, you you must have been very excited to be back in Division One. But yeah. what, what were your hopes? Yeah. I mean, I know I know you're both going to sit sit down and say to me, oh, but Chidge, every season we go in feeling optimistic that well, we're we going to win everything. We do. But, but what were they really? Were, they, were your expectations no, because, high? Because, because they'd done so well. Well, in previously, uh, from my experience, you know, in in when they got promoted, when they beat Portsmouth seven nil in '63. Um, they came up and I thought they're going to do well and they did do well. And this is the thing is you then had the beginning of a new under Doherty, Doherty's, Doherty's diamonds. They were great. Similarly, I thought Eddie Mack yeah. is going to come through. They're going to be a team to, to beat, beat teams. Because um, that, that was the norm at the time because Forrest did it when they came up, you could come from the division below and, and put the others to the sword for whatever reason, whether the energy of coming up doesn't happen at all like that nowadays, other than Sheffield United this season. That's very rare, but because they're always struggling, they don't have the same player power or the same tactics that, that the other team has got or the good enough as, as top top class a manager. In this instance, every, if anybody came up, particularly Eddie Mack, because he had this this 
tactical awareness that other people didn't. He's playing overlapping fullbacks. He's playing diamonds. He's got Butch pushed pushed forward with with Lewington behind him as as the tank as he as he was stated as being. So it was a it was a really good setup. And obviously they're not going to maintain the same uh, the same um, uh, uh, impetus because. Um, the manager's no longer there, and according to the book, of course, he, he he just they went in with some ludicrous deal, and he just said, "Well, I can't possibly accept that." And they said, and he, and he resigned, expecting them, expecting them to say, "Oh, okay, well, we, we'll give you a bit more money then." And his pride was such that he made a decision to leave. And what should have happened was they should have carried on, and he would have become an absolutely huge successful manager without any doubt in my mind huge even european winning manager he was yeah. absolutely brilliant instead of which he swapped it for a you know a career in america and you think what could have been i know ah! must be so well it's very frustrating tony do you echo much of that i mean you know were you, were you dumbstruck when when eddie went were, were your hopes and expectations dampened by that yeah i mean like jk said i mean we all thought the car story was that was obviously what the papers had got hold of or whatever. We didn't have social media then, so there was no rumours, no viral things to go around at the time. Or you just kind of relied on what the, the, the likes of um, I think his name was Ken, Ken Montgomery, wasn't it? Or I think one of the famous old hacks or whatever, and what they wrote. Uh, and it was a. Now I look back and I can see the parallels. I, I see parallels with, with 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 the modern day Chelsea in the fact that you know. That we were rewarded with a promotion, second behind Wolves, uh, to come up into into the Division One or whatever. You would expect we hadn't bought anybody for three years at that point, so you know Eddie McCready did more than done his job in blending. Oh, I know he did go to some of the old guard, but in the way that Frank Cook, Lampard just, Cook had a good uh, good time. Yeah, Johnny yeah, Johnny. but Frank Lampard dismissed. You know, uh, got got David Louise out or whatever, or they mutually agreed to go because it was obviously, you know, they played alongside each other. I think for me, um, the, it is how many times have we sat on fan casts or even on the, the podding shed when it was before it was furloughed, um, before I furloughed it at the beginning of the season, um, and said, you know, we, we win a we win a title and we sit back on our laurels. The the the, the, the reasoning given to the manager is you won it by six points, you won it by eight points. What do you need more players for? Yeah, and that seems to be a cultural thing within the club. Um, and it's a, it is a real shame. And this was about the time when my head was being turned um, by girls and pubs. Yeah, so there were other things competing with Chelsea. For me, I went to a few games that season because I remember how poor Stanford Bridge was back then. Um, uh, and I, I, you know, I thought Eddie McCready. I, I'm with Jay Cairnton. He had everything there to go on to become uh, as 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 big a name in the game as as Dalglish or, or uh, possibly Clough or whatever. He had yeah. all of the ingredients. Um, proper proper football manager, or whatever. And then they brought in Shelley and, and my first reaction was, who, who's he? You know, but I think maybe it was indicative of the, the, the parlous financial state of the club at the time. I think the East Stand had been built. Um, the rest of the ground was uh, a house of cards, effectively. We hadn't bought a player for four years and we probably couldn't afford to go out and get a manager. 
Well, that's a, a that's a really Thanks. good point, mate. We we had no signings. I mean, with this season, we hadn't the season before. In fact, the only the only one who's really come into the squad this season. Some of the bit part players uh, begin to play a lot more. The likes of Jock Finiston, of course, he did quite well towards the end of last season. Clive Walker, who didn't really play much, but he gets a look in. Trevor Eilot is the one that moves up from the youth. What what do you remember, Trevor Eilot, Tony? I met him a few years ago. Um, um when they bought the Chelsea Chelsea veterans, I think they were called or something, and they played Petersfield in a friendly game. Uh, and it was he was he was such a lovely man. He was stood with um uh Clyde Walker and um I can't remember, was it Tommy Baldwin? <coughs> I don't know, but uh, and he he was such a such a lovely man. Um but I don't think he ever really lit no. Now, to be fair, the the club, JK, you might disagree with me here, but the club, we still had kind of obsession with Peter Osgood, even then. You know, it was almost like we had that Osgood hangover for a good 10 years after Osgood. He was still left. being chanted for. They still yeah. chanted for him. Yeah. And I think poor old Trevor Ayler, like I said, nice bloke. I just... It was wrong time for him. Wrong time. Yeah. Although you know that that season that 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 season we had um you know we had Super Jock and we had Tommy Langley. I'm going to talk about Tommy Langley in a lot more detail later. Jonathan, um, somewhat inauspicious start. First game away to West Brom. Now, if my memory serves me correctly, this is the start of the Great West Brom side of the late seventies. Oh, well, they were but, good. Yeah, but we lost three nil. And in fact, our, our first our first games up to the end of September, we had four defeats, one draw. And just the solitary win against Birmingham at home, um, you know, to kick the, the season off. I would imagine you. I don't know. I mean, what 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 games, if any, were you at then in that little run? Um, well, I, I flitted backwards and forward. It just depended entirely. Um, uh, it depended entirely whether because I, I was at uni then, um, uh, whether I was uh, attempting to get into the uh, get into the hull for uh, well second team. I was sub for the second team a few times. Otherwise, I was. I was in the third team because they all thought that I was uh, I was homosexual because I did drama, um, but that was the. Uh, I thought that was a prerequisite. Sorry, I didn't, didn't do drama. That. Well, that's what they thought. Funnily enough, and they said therefore I couldn't possibly be. Uh, they were different know. times, weren't they? <laughs> they thought I. It's a bit. There. It's a bit like that Life on Mars series, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You know, with everybody as as uh, Gene. What's his name? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah they, they also thought that. Uh, I remember one bloke saying to me, "You said, oh, you said, I said, you said, you live in a castle." I said, I'm sorry. What? He said, you come from the south, don't you? Live in a castle. You're very posh. I said, oh, you said Newcastle. Yeah, I should have said, well, should why I do, yeah. Um, but um, uh, uh, what question did you ask me? Sorry. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, it was a ropey old start. I mean, we we, we, we lost 3 0 oh, yeah, away to West Brom. Oh, I got there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I had, my dad still had a season ticket, um, uh, which was the. Uh, um, which was in as it was it, we'd been in the west stand and it then reverted to the east stand but east stand upper right in the front and i used to tell you i sat with jonathan perez and um uh and it was um so he tended not to go because there were too many stairs so he just left it and i went if i was down from uni or it was the holidays so it was a question of picking whatever game was around and i wasn't playing football for the uh, for the university on the saturday so um uh so I would have been at the. I went to Fulham. I was at the Orient game. I was at the Norwich game. I I didn't go to West Brom. I was at the Birmingham City game uh, and the Coventry game. Didn't go to Liverpool. 
and Ipswich. It was basically all the games up until the beginning of October, when uh, when obviously I was back at back at uni. So, but the usual st- the advantage of this era was you could start ropeily and then kind of get a bit of a run and not not be not be too much off the off the the distance at the top. But yeah, they, they didn't start well. No, no. No, I didn't indeed. I mean, you know, certainly I think you can say this is the whole season, but um, just just looking, you know, up up until the end of the year, so kind of end of December, it just seems to me to be typical Chelsea. It's funny how nothing, I mean, nothing ever changes with Chelsea until you get to Roman Abramovich and Mourinho and then things go completely in a different way. But our, our ability to to lose to sides horribly is only matched by our ability to to beat the great sides when you least expect it, and 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 you know in a in a sense the season kicks off for us uh, with a one nil win away at United, which is still talked about now. I think that this is the match when a lot of people I know took the Stratford end in a very violent form, uh, but Bill Garner scores one nil uh, in the in the win to United against United. We also win one nil against Forest, um, which you know again was an exceedingly good result, even though we would finished above them in the league the previous year. Um, but they, I mean, they only lost three times that season when they won the league, and one of them was to us. That was Trevor Isler who scored in that goal, uh, in that game. And uh, you know, equally, we managed to lose six-two away to City, six-two away to City, and we thought the six-nil was bad last the other season. <laughs> Arsenal away, we lost three-nil. So basically, the end of the year, we've played twenty-three games, we've won seven. Uh, we've drawn seven and we've lost nine. So very curate's egg and we've got 21 points. So do, do you remember it, Tony, as being a bit up and down all over the place Absolutely. like it is? Uh, in yeah. fact, I was at that game. Um, Which one? Coventry. So it was ironic that you sent that video clip through. Okay. Because um, as I was watching the last game, this is all very familiar. I love about, I, I'm the same as you, Tony. Every time I watch the YouTube, I keep thinking, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I don't, I, I, I wouldn't normally trivialise it. I mean, we'd, we'd come up, uh, expectations were probably, with the people I used to go there with were probably middling at best um, because of the Eddie Mack departure, because none of us knew who Ken Shellito was. Um, I did. Yeah, but we, I, I guess we just I'm didn't know enough about the youth setup back then. We, did, we didn't care about it. No, but he played fullback for England. He was Chelsea youth. He was yeah. he 63. He got um, injured. He had a knee injury. They yeah. tried to they tried, hoped that he would still carry on playing and he couldn't I, give up. I, just don't, I, don't. I remembered him as a player. That was my yeah. thing as well. Yeah, I think we, I didn't. Um, and yeah. I think that was possibly because also at that time you, you, you thought of, the football teams you followed just in terms of the first team, purely in the first team, and from the moment that you started supporting them. So I didn't yeah, know that, that much no, about he was, he was first team all the time. He was England yeah, was, for England. Yeah, but I only started supporting them in 1970. No, 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 I know, I know. I'm just yeah. saying, but he was yeah. a, he had a, yeah. his, you know. And I think, so we had a kind of middling expectation. I remember going to that game, and there's, uh, I'm trying to remember which one of the games later on was where I had my first uh, uh, run where I had to run from Chelsea fans who were trying to kick our heads in, even though we had Chelsea scarves. It had got to that point. Yes, but that uh, was a regular uh, thing, though. Yes. I experienced that. I would, it, you'd see a group of supposed yeah. skinheads wandering towards you, and you'd mm. hide. Didn't matter who you supported. They yeah. didn't like anybody who was around you. It was very and scary. And I think that was one of the things that made me think. <coughs> excuse me. Is this what I want? 
um, you know, yeah. the, the kind of fun was disappearing for football. You had a, a growing national front presence. Uh, you had the people outside the ground making all of the links with Rangers, um, stuff which I didn't really think had any part or parcel to do with football. What I will say about that team is I think that is possibly the greatest kit we've ever had. Ah, thank you, Tony. Thank you so much for reminding yeah. me that. Yeah, it was so, go navy on. navy blue, beautiful kit. Beautiful. It's my favourite kit. With the white socks. And, and the, the, the umbro down the side. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. Colours, Um And and, and I, like, I come from the seventy, where I liked. You know, there's, there's very few kits I've uh, I've really hated, but that one is a thing of beauty. And it's just that kind of thing. I look at it and go, "Oh, that was the season we had that really fantastic." Kit. I think we probably had it for about four seasons then, because they didn't change it every year, did they? Back then. By the um, way, can I just make a quick point? Will yeah. we be having a new kit? When we start off again in, uh, in well, it's been leaked, or something's been leaked, isn't it? Onto the uh, onto the worldwide interweb thing. Um, uh, and of course, you would. I don't know what 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 happens. They they leaked something on there and said this is Chelsea's new kit, and of course, you did get a barrage of people going, "It's bloody awful! It's terrible!" and all this. And when you see it in real, you think that's not so bad. I don't know. Um, but um, yeah, well, I, I think, think so many of them on Twitter are just some bloke who's. Uh, yeah, uh, you know a Nike logo on something he's made up, and he's then, yeah. then giggling in his hands at the, the, uh, the effect he's having. Um, can I just make a couple of points about? This? Yeah, sure. Coventry game. Um, uh, they were they had a very good team, Coventry. Uh, I know we, we you know you think oh my goodness, Coventry two one they lost, but they had mm. some very very good players, and I remember yeah. thinking at the time. Um, uh, you just accepted it. They had good players. The boy Ferguson and the first goal, of course, he just Big knocked Ferguson, yeah. over, and it was a it was a foul. He was he was difficult. He flattened Phillips. He's a different. He was a difficult. He was a he was a very competitive centre forward in a in the Costa mode to an extent. They put his foot mm. in, um, and they had Wallace with him, the little Scots player, who was really quicksilver. And they had the winger Graydon, who yeah, played right, right. Phillips. Yeah. And they had Terry Yorath, who'd played for Leeds. Indeed. And they had Jim Holton at centre half. And he was he had a lot of years in him. They they were a, they for from a, I'm sorry, I'm mentioning names to people, they wouldn't get it. But if from that era you would go, actually, they're all good players. They were yeah. so they were a decent side. The other thing that I've really observed about forget about it is the difference not having the back pass rule made yeah. the whole game. Because yeah. it meant that nobody would follow up. Because they knew the goalkeeper would pick the ball up. Yeah. So consequently, it meant that there was less activity in the last third of the pitch. Yeah. And the, the and not and the goalkeeper not being able to to just pick back passes up yeah. has it makes you realise it, how it, it's completely affected the game of football. Yes. Because it means that that um, the forward will keep pressing, thinking, where's the goalkeeper going to do it? Is he going to kick it aimlessly, put pressure on him? Then we'll get the ball back again. Yeah. And it makes you realise the number of times where the ball would go, um, somebody would challenge for it and just pass it back to the goalie. Everybody would 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 um, would leg it backwards to receive the ball booted down the pitch. And it actually changed as well, changed the tactics. There's an enormous amount of booting for a centre-forward. And booting for, I mean, I'm bemused actually that A lot played a lot because they had Garner, uh, um, Jock Finiston, who was excellent, 
Finiston was excellent, and so was Clive Walker in the season. Yeah. We'll go on to that. Um, Finiston and and Langley. So uh, how a lot suddenly got into it is beyond me. I didn't. I didn't. I don't, whether, I don't know whether there are a huge lot of injuries towards the end of the season, but it was interesting to see how you required a big bloke always because the ball was booted by the goalkeeper so often and thrown out because, mm-hmm. and that was why Benetti was in his, in his element. He was such yeah. a bit threw the ball out so well because he got the ball given to him a lot and somebody would go wide and, and there'd be lots more space for the fullback to receive the ball because everybody had backpedaled. And it's interesting how that the, therefore the back pass rule changing to the goalkeeper not picking it up has really had a huge effect on the game. Absolutely. It, it yeah. makes I mean, you realise when you're watching that. So uh, moving, moving, sorry, yeah. Tony, moving things on a bit. Um, uh, notwithstanding the fact that they were playing in the weird Admiral kit with the stripes going from the shorts up the shirt, I'm very disappointed they weren't playing in their infamous shit brown kit. They were playing in red. But that aside, let's move it on for a minute. Um, I don't know if either of you were at the Chelsea Forest game in November when we won 1-0. Um, no, definitely not. Okay, no. just just to remind people, right, how good that forest. This is the forest side that we played and beat that day, managed by Brian Clough, um, Shilton, Anderson, Barrett, McGovern, Lloyd, Burns, Gemmell, Bowyer, substituted by O'Neill with Woodcock and Robinson. Oh, well, that, was the- that is their that is their European Cup winning side for yeah. the next two seasons. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. so they were very good. Um, there was another match, actually, that we lost, but I thought we played very well. And I caught some highlights of this today, which is when we lost up at Anfield 2-0 um, yeah. in about, I think it would have been October. Yeah, October. Uh, and this is the Liverpool side that we, we played that day. Uh, Clements, Neil, Jones, Hanson, Joey Jones, of course, Hanson, Kennedy, Hughes, Dalgleish, Jimmy Case, David Fairclough, Terry McDermott and Ian Callaghan. I mean, again, this is the Liverpool side that won the European Cup just that summer before, would go on and win it again, retain it at the end of this season. Now, we lost 2-0, and actually, I thought we played really well, and we were in the game, uh, had it not been for... Clements. Uh, Clements made some good saves, that's very true, but Kenny Dalgleish, the goal he scores in that is yeah. just... It was very much like Oscar's goal against Juventus, actually, yeah. that's what I thought. And that turn he did uh, in the second half... Was just, but we were unlucky again. You know, we had attempts on goal. So I think it's interesting to talk about that match for what happens later on, which we'll be talking about in great depth yeah. in, in part three. But you know, we—I I get the feeling that for all me saying, "Oh, bloody typical Chelsea," they lose to the crap teams, they beat the good teams, they're all up and down all over the place. You know, even in the Coventry game, I thought we were very unlucky with that. You know, where it was a foul on uh, uh, Gary Locke for the first goal. Um, we hit the post a few times, you know. So, I think you know the the story of Chelsea's kind of first half of the season, if you like, isn't quite as poor as people would think. I mean, you know, as I said, I, I don't know about this City match. I, I, I'd forgotten all about that, by the way. Do you remember anything about losing six two to City, chaps? I remember being embarrassed, but um, I don't remember anything about it. Those kind of losses, I tended to you'd be ribbed horribly at, if you were at. Uh, college but um as you are normally in these situations but uh i hid my head in the sand so they had a good side as well actually if you just they run did. through this corrigan oh, clements donarchy booth yeah. watson power barnes shannon kid hartford Stewart. yeah so there's you know corrigan uh, these are the international <coughs> corrigan clements donarchy i'm not sure about booth watson was an international 
Powell, wasn't uh, Peter Barnes, Mick Shannon, yeah. Brian Kidd, Asa Hertfordshire, all internationals. So they were a good side then. Was Corrigan. Corrigan was also the tallest goalkeeper around at the time, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, he was, wasn't he? A bit of a freak at six foot four, wasn't he? Which, of course, so, is now almost like the minimum height requirement, but... Anyway, funnily enough, you've both expunged that from your memory. All power to your elbows. Now, uh, we're going to have a quick break. And uh, then in part three, we are going to be talking about what happened in the second half of the season, which, in my humble opinion, includes one of my... Probably the first game that I ever... You know, Chelsea really got onto my consciousness as a kind of an 11, 12-year-old boy. And it's still one of my favourite matches today. And I think it would it would have been... Uh, it was on big match. I think it might have been on match of the day as well. Because uh, it was a cup match. And it's absolutely legendary. And we'll be telling you all about that after this break. But before that, I'm going to tell you all about Patreon. Uh, which is a very nice vehicle. Kind of a website thing where you can donate money to the cause. And uh, say thank you for all the horrible work. Sorry, the great work that we do. And also you can communicate with us a little bit as well. And when the season's kind of actually going and we're all going, we, we try and do a few things for you and shove it up there that we, you know, stuff that we don't shove anywhere else. But uh, very easy to do. You just bung, uh, you you'd sign up, patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Very easy to donate there. Um, you donate per month, so just a couple of quid every month. It's a bit like paying for the fanzine, really. And as I said, you can get hold of me, message me on there, and I'll try and give you a message back. We will join you after the interlude. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! FootballFancast.com 
Right, welcome back, everybody, uh, to part three of the Chelsea Fancast uh, with me, Stanford Chidge, and Jonathan Kidd. Uh, Buonasera. And uh, the Reverend Tony Glover. Bonsoir. There we go. Uh, now, we're right in the middle of, uh, literally right in the middle of the 1977-78 uh, season in our uh, ongoing series, 50 Years of Chelsea, which we are having so much fun talking about now um we finished off uh actually the, the you know the, the year finished off with this incredible uh win by chelsea i'm just wondering if the boys remember this uh the last game of the year uh in 1977 literally the last game of the year on the last day of the year new year's eve chelsea played birmingham away and they won 5-4 there are a lot of i've noticed this actually number one chelsea's away form is decidedly indifferent but also you know, they're on the end of a few tonkings, but they dish a few out. And there are quite a few match. I mean, there's, there's, I'll talk about the, another match of this ilk, which which lives long in the memory of many, which is Chelsea's 5-3 win against Ipswich. But talking about the Birmingham 4-Chelsea 5-1, do either of you remember this at all? Uh, yes, um, and I remember it because uh, one of the, Birmingham were always one of those teams that you just they'd never even figured on your radar, really. You know, I, that, I was never... You know, the, the the kind of Midlands club that always stood out back then was was obviously was more Aston Villa, and Birmingham were always almost like the Chelsea of the Midlands, the, the sort of also rans or nearly men. Or okay, here's a quiz question for you, Tony. Who were they managed by that day? Um, no cheating. No, I I I, I can't remember. All I know is is they had a, an absolute boy wonder of a player. To Trevor Francis. No, not quite. Well, yes, he did. I'm t- I take that all back. You're right. Trevor Don Francis Saunders. was playing. No. Yeah, I was going to say, Don Saunders. No. Was it Don? Ron, Ron no. Saunders, wasn't it? Uh, no. Oh, no, no. Now, no. Alf Ramsey. Oh, really? Alf Ramsey. Good Lord. Of, of course, the one thing always confused me about Birmingham is they're called the Blues. They are. Which always used to uh, annoy, annoy you. Always yeah. annoyed me. Always. Yeah, quite right. And people say to me, no, you're the pensioners. No, we're not. We're not pensioners. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so Alf Ramsey's managing Birmingham that day. I didn't know that. That's a great, that's a great quiz is, question, isn't it? Isn't it? Really? I, th- I, um, I don't recall what he did after. No, exactly. Okay. Uh, Trevor Francis scored two of the goals. I mean, yeah. basically, it was, it was you know, Birmingham scored first on 90 minutes. Then Tommy Langley equalised on 24 minutes. Then scored the, the third or our second on 37 minutes. Then Francis equalised on 39 minutes. Bill Garner put us 3-2 ahead uh, on 44 minutes. So it's 3-2 at half time. And then Tommy Langley, almost immediately after the break, scores his hat-trick goal on 47 minutes. Then then Clive Walker scores on 79 minutes. So it's 5-2, right? Should be game over, right? Nah, this is Chelsea. Francis scores on 88 minutes and Hibbert scores on 89. It finishes 5-4. What a way to end the year. But uh, as I said earlier on, leading up to the uh, you know the break, um, we are about to, I think, uh, have one of the most legendary matches of, of Chelsea's entire history in my book because we're we're drawn in the FA Cup, for, you know, first round proper uh, against Liverpool at home. Uh, and uh, as I said, you know, at the time Liverpool are you know they're 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 third in the table, so they're not they're not uh, you know they're not they are league you know they are the league holders. They're also the holders of the European Cup, having won it for the first time the year before. Um, we've just come up from the second division with a team full of youngsters, and we've got Liverpool. This is the Liverpool team we played: Clements, Neil, Jones, Hanson, Thompson, Kennedy, Hughes, Dalglish, Fairclough, Highway, Johnson, Callan. Pretty decent Liverpool team, right? Uh, 
Now, okay, hands up of you, those of you who were there, hands up. No. JK was there, therefore JK gets the honour. What did you expect to happen as you walked through the gates? I thought we would be drubbed horribly. Why? Because they were the European champions. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> and we were not a very good side. We but were kind of mid-table at yeah, the time, weren't we? Have a go. Well, mind you, we had one against uh, Birmingham and we'd then drawn against West Brom, who weren't bad. So uh No Ray Wilkins either. No. On the day. I mean I just let just let me tell you the team, because I think this makes it even more astonishing actually. Peter Bonetti, Graham Wilkins, John Sparrow, Ian Britton, Ron Harris, Steve Wicks, Bill Garner, Ray Lewington, Tommy Langley, Charlie Cook, uh who's now about five hundred and three, yeah. and Steve Finiston comes on as a sub, thank God he does, uh, and Clive Walker. But no Ray Wilkins. But Clive Walker though was completely brilliant. Absolutely. It was the best game of his life, wasn't Absolutely it? Absolutely the best game of his life. And I was, you know how you have that thing about being in line? I mean, somebody even mentioned this on YouTube, but uh, my seat was such that I saw him go to what the first goal he scored, which is this pile driver. Look it up on, on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, kind of banana shot, wasn't yeah, it? Which takes everybody by surprise and just nips into the top left-hand corner. And you saw him going for it. And I remember going, oh, oh, good, oh, good. But it was right in line. You know, you just see, oh, God, I'm following it right through in slow motion into the corner. Oh, wow. You in the West, were you in the West Stand then? East Stand, East Stand on, um, East Stand Upper. Right. East Stand Upper, almost on the half halfway line. But he, so you're coming and you're watching him go across. And he, could, but he, he, he had such a turn of speed, bless him. He was, uh, he was a very decent player. Um, get an opportunity, anybody, to w watch any of these games around about that era. He, uh, you give him the ball. It wasn't a, it wasn't rocket science for him. He just beat. He was quicker than everybody. He'd put the ball past them uh, and sprint forwards. And his impetus, it would. I keep using that word, but his uh, momentum would keep him going. And he had a great shot, or uh, and a great centre. You know, what, th what else do you need? I think. I mean, he was great. But I, I, it's really interesting, you know, because my my memory of it was always it was all about. Clive Walker and yes I know he scored two goals the fourth and final goal was a bit of a tap in really but I always go away from that match thinking oh it was all about Clive Walker it wasn't at all it was a really great team performance they defended like Trojans and I forget that it was only 1-0 at half time yes. and then basically after after just after half time they scored on the 50th minute and the and the 52nd Steve Finiston Tony scores an absolute belting goal but my favourite is Tommy Langley's my favourite because that odious twat Phil Neal passes it back to yes. Ray Clements yeah. and Tommy Langley had figured out that's what he was going to do and he skated past him and he put the ball in. I mean, if 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 Luca Viali or Hernan Crespo had scored that goal, we'd all be raving about it. Yeah, but it was brilliant, wasn't it? It was indeed, and and I can only think of Tommy uh, Langley's performance that day as marauding. That's the word that fits yeah. uh, for him. Um, and there was a determination, wasn't there, in that whole that whole team that day that surprised everybody, I think. Not least of all, um, the commentator, which I think might have been Brian Moore, I don't know. It was, uh, it was. The clip I saw of, of you he know... He a wonderful statement of saying, for those watching in black and white, yes. it's a kind of clash, didn't he? Mm. And Chelsea are the ones in the white socks. The socks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it was, it was, that was remarkable. I mean, um, I like a lot of people, I think, you, you kind of... I can't remember what I did that day. I wasn't at the game, but it was one of those where I fully expected to come home, and turn on the football results, and uh, and and you know see a bit of an ass kicking yeah. uh, going on. And and the shame of it is, of course, 
is it was all in the end. It was for nothing. No, we'll get we'll get there in a we'll minute, there, won't we? Yeah, we'll go but, back to what you said about turning over big teams. But then, uh, in in the meantime, I, I still think that that's got to be one of the greatest cup wins we've ever had. I mean, you know, considering who we were playing, we played them off the park. And they were the European champions. We yeah. then go and beat. Uh, this is a. I love this sequence of results. Uh, we then beat uh, Coventry City. No, sorry, we lose to Coventry City. Jonathan's second favourite team, five-one <laughs> uh, away at Highfield Road. Uh, they even have an Osgood playing for them. Not the Peter Osgood, but just to rub salt into the wounds, they have an Osgood. Osgood, Keith Osgood. I think it. Yeah, I think it, that. That's right. Uh, we then play Ipswich, where we win five-three. Uh, which is a game that is on YouTube, which the boys have all seen, which was remarkable. Tommy Langley, again, scores a cracking goal. But the the two goals from Kenny Swain, a real ding-dong match. And this is an Ipswich team that, although they struggled in the league that season, I'll read you their team out. Cyril, Mills, Tibbet, Talbot, Hunter, Osman, Osborne, Walk, Mariner, Alan Brazil, bless his heart, Geddes and Gates. That's kind of the classic late 70s Ipswich side who won the cup that year. The they're missing is uh, Tyson and... Um... Muren. Yeah, who came in a couple of years later. But that's right. But it was, that, yeah. that that became a great Ipswich team. They won the cup that year, although they didn't do too well in the league. Um but a real ding dong match. We win that five three. And then we have Burnley in the cup in the fourth round, and we win six two. And uh who scores the goals? Droy, Wicks, Swain, Walker, Langley and Wilkins. So the goals are all shared around. Were you at that match, Jonathan? Uh, yeah, I think I was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would have been. Any particular memories? No. <laughs> Who were playing? Uh, I think Chelsea were playing. Okay, just checking. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> His face. <laughs> Tony, any memories of that game? No, because now I'm looking at it, I'm going Tuesday the 31st of January 1978 yeah. at three o'clock. That's weird, isn't it? Off on a Tuesday. Do you know what? I've just noticed that. What on earth is going on? Why were they playing on a Tuesday in the FA Cup? On the 31st of January. Yeah. Maybe it's a typo. I can't believe maybe, that. Maybe, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to go, of course, now to my Google Canada and Google that date. Yeah, I think well, you should. That away. <laughs> yeah, that's really weird. We then play Man United in the league at home. We win 2-0, two, 2 all. Sorry, we draw 2 all. Any Either of you at that one? Yeah, I was at that one, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, another good result. And then we have the fifth round of the FA Cup, uh, much to Tony's delight, played on a Saturday. Uh, and we go away to our old cup friends, Orient. As far as I'm aware, Jonathan, uh, the wall remained intact for this cup tie, but I could be wrong. No, in fact, it this, it fell down here as well. So, so we've now got a hat-trick of wall falls <laughs> at Orient. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's nil-nil. It made me doubt that any of the other wall falls. Were, I know. But I remember definitely that it, definitely there was a collapse of a wall which wasn't mentioned as much when we lost 3-2 because it happened towards the end. But this happened right at the beginning, and uh, and of course they were then accused of of running on the pitch again. You know, when in actual fact they're they're trying to avoid being crushed. because it was an era once again of people, and it got worse and worse and worse. People just crushing everybody towards the front. Yeah. Do you remember anything about this at all? I mean, a disappointing result. What the nil nil or the one two? Yeah. Well, the nil nil. We'll get to the one two in a no, minute. Um. Uh... All over them, but they weren't. But they they weren't bad. They had some decent players. Kitchen, Kitchen was a star. Well, he was a really really good player, and uh, and it's the kind of player that in the past Chelsea should have bought because I think he'd have done wonderfully. He was very very skillful player, and and and, and ran it for them. You know, 
I see I see in the second leg, uh, now we're back at Stamford Bridge in the replay, and I see they had Jack Grealish playing uh, for them in defence. Yeah, yeah there is a there is a Grealish. I wouldn't realise that he's he's fifty five playing for Villa. And and Glenn Roder, it might actually have been the real Glenn Roder. I don't know. They had a decent side again. Some of those yeah. players were really decent. Hoadley was decent. Um, Roder, as you say, uh, Rugby was a decent fullback. They were they weren't mugs, you know. No, but uh, what do you know what division they were in at the time? Second. They were in the second division, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. I think they probably were. Anyway, so uh, fifth well, round of the FA... Also, because their goalkeeper, Jackson, he was Jackson. he was one of those that went on for decades, didn't he? Excellent with Palace. Excellent goalkeeper. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic save. But yeah, yeah you, you, with that kind of class, you, it's always you think somebody's been put through. Oops, the goalkeeper's pulled off a, a, a worldie, you know. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're still uh, expected to... We're, 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 the 31st of January 1978 was indeed a Tuesday. So maybe it was played then. Yeah. That's weird. I'd love to... Some, if somebody knows the answer to that... Ah, ah, right. Okay. I saw Alan May score. I knew we could re- rely on you, my friend. He says the Burnley game was an evening kickoff on a Tuesday. So it wasn't at three o'clock. So that's... that. Oh, I don't think it's... Anyway, whatever. It was a, an evening kickoff on a Tuesday carried over from a postponement on the Saturday as the pitch was waterlogged. Ah, so now we know. Brilliant. Well done, my friend. Right, Chelsea won Orient two. Not the result we were expecting. We've just not we've knocked the uh, you know the European Cup winners out of the competition. We've absolutely hammered Burnley, uh, another old foe of ours in the FA Cup, and uh, we managed to lose two one to uh, Orient in the in the fifth round at home. Now, the the highlights that I've seen on on uh, YouTube were made more amusing uh, by the fact that the uh, commentary is done by Bob Mills, who is uh, Orient, the comedian who is Orient's only celebrity fan. And it's clearly been whipped off some Orient DVD of their greatest match ever or something like that, as far as I can remember. But do either of you two remember this? Were you there, JK? Yeah, I was there, yeah. yeah. And? Um, uh, I was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Did we deserve to go out, do you think? Uh, were, 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 were we they, shocking? They, they suckered us. I just felt there was it was an era where... All the teams gave the ball away too much and got tackled in midfield because it was all very congested in midfield because, as I said, the ball was booted up the pitch an enormous amount because that last third was hardly used other than centre-forward rushing up and, and trying to head it down for somebody. Um, and Kitchen was just exceptional and was the difference between the two sides. So, uh, And they, it's a bit like the Taylor the season before against uh, mm. Palace. He was the, the difference. So they scored two up. goals, of course. Jack Jackson was on fire again. Jackson was yeah. a very decent um, goalkeeper, and they were they were they were all right. You know, they had some decent players, but you know, it should never have happened as usual. You know, it was a sort of typical Chelsea. Um, uh, well, and, uh, against a smaller goal. side again, or a lesser yeah. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Wonder well, why we go into games now uh against lesser sides and and i'll often joke down the pub and say well i'll, I'll take the draw today really because it's it's almost it's a trademark i'm sure other fans of other teams think the same but we do seem to have this unswerving capability every now and then of you know finding the banana skin and then very publicly skating down full and broadway on it um i will not mention bradford for example 
you know those sort of games i think you're right actually even though i was saying about roman and Mourinho, we still have it in us to do daft things and it seems to be but this is this has been the case with history throughout their entire history this is nothing new and just to prove the point we get knocked out of the fa cup against orient who we're expected to beat in a replay who's our next opponents liverpool at home now Actually, surprisingly, Liverpool are fifth in the table, so they're not they're not storming away with it as they quite often were in those days. Forrest are doing that, but we're fifteenth again. We are not expected to win this. What happens? We bloody win three one. Yeah. Remember that, either of you? Yeah, I was there. That one guy. I wasn't there. I got a free ticket. I got freebie entry with my cousin Trev, who took me there. So. Clever Trevor. Yeah, and um, I just remembered the fact that. It was one of those that I would normally have said, I don't want to go to this because I've got a feeling we're going to get absolutely arse whipped. Um, but it was too good to turn down. It was a lift there, lift back and everything like that. Um, uh, and I got on well with my cousin as well, you know, both uh, long, long in the tooth uh, Chelsea fans. Um, and it was yet again, it was just one of those games where you just sat there thinking, <laughs> it's probably why I am like I am. Because I was sat there so convinced that we were going to lose. Okay, so convinced that that this team had already had enough for Shellett by then, right? You know, this was always I was now starting to get into this position of we should have gone out, we should have got Clough when we had the, you know, or we should have done this or we should have done that. Um and uh, got got someone who knows bloody football or whatever, not some bloody idiot from the back room or whatever. Uh, and, and then we go and put in a performance against Liverpool. Um you know and and you know let's no, let's not kid ourselves. This was the Liverpool of Bob Paisley, arguably an even greater side than anything Shankly had strung together. Well, I'll just just remind you of their team, Tony: Clements, Neil yeah. Smith, Hanson, Kennedy, Hughes, Dalgleish, McDermott, Highway, Sooners, Fairclough, yeah. and Jimmy Case coming on as a sub. Yeah, I mean it's the classic Liverpool team, isn't yeah. it? Almost. Yeah, yeah. and then some proper there. hard cases in there, and there, Jimmy Case. Soon this bloody hell. Emlyn Hughes was exactly wasn't exactly a wallflower, was he? Nope, nope. Crazy horse. <laughs> and uh, Chelsea. I mean, basically, it was nil nil at half time, and then Tommy Langley scores on fifty minutes. Finiston uh, scores on sixty, <coughs> and then on ninety. Uh, and Liverpool scored on the forty eighth minute. So actually, they went one nil up. Bloody hell! With a Phil mm. Neal penalty, so we were one nil behind. Yeah, and we still won three one. Mental, isn't it? I was. Yeah. I remember now. But, but funnily enough, I, I went with great optimism because we'd won the or beaten them in beaten them in the cup. I remember, I remember because it was in March as well, so I'd have been able to be there. I remember being there. There's any opportunity to get there and use my dad's ticket, I did. So uh, yeah, I was there. But uh, I mean, once again, it's a bit foggy. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, no, in this instance, I, well, I suppose you have that thing of thinking, well, we beat them in the cup. Well, we might we might very well beat them in the league. And that's exactly that is exactly why I didn't think we'd beat him in the league. I'm absolutely thinking all the time. Nah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gonna... And the interesting, I've just I've just noticed it, a, a sort of discussion on on the um, uh, in the mixler room tonight or whatever. But I just remember how apart from anything, you talk about how bad the ground was and you know the the football and the atmosphere was reflecting a society that seemed to be uh, you know on a downward spiral or whatever. But the pitch at Stamford Bridge, I don't recall it being, uh, you know, the worst one, but it was very indicative of the time. I think then we didn't really know how to look after football pitches. Yeah, didn't everybody, every team was like that. Yeah, yeah I Mud think that's what I'm saying. Is that back then, you just used to take it for granted that 
players would be covered from head to toe in mud, where of course they now slide and they just get a bit wet because yeah. there's barely any earth there or whatever. Like plastic burn. Yeah, plastic burn or whatever. Um, but also the fact that the pitches were sporadically green, I think is the best way to describe them, you know. Um, they were muddy, sandy, there was, oh, it was, I, I, I don't actually look that particularly nostalgically at those pitches. I'd hate to no, not to. It amazes me that the players played as good football as yeah. they did. I mean, look at Liverpool, great passing team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, yeah. we had our moments. Anyway, uh, the next quirky match is uh, towards the end of the season. We're basically now languishing in about 16th, 15th, 16th position. So relegation's not not too distant away, but I think we're pretty safe by now. We go to Upton Park and uh, we play West Ham United. Now, um, this is a bizarre match. Bill Garner puts us 1-0 up, right? And then basically David Green, I think it's David Green, but Green absolutely clatters John Phillips, kicks him in the head, I think. He spark out. So Tommy Langley has to come on for Bill Garner and goes in goal, right? And then it's 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 just all over, you know. They they, they score, I mean, actually, they, they, to be fair, he kept them out until the 79th minute. Mm. Uh, but they end up winning 3-1. I mean, if you see it on YouTube, which I'm sure you have, it's just a nuts game. But anyway, there's a consol- one, one consolation, small consolation. <coughs> West Ham, West Ham do end up getting relegated that year. So, or, you know, I can, I, I, I'll take losing to them and them getting relegated any day of the week, really. But I mean, ultimately, the se- name for the referee that game as well. Yeah, uh, what was his name? Jeff what was his Bent. name? Jeff. Well, yes, indeed, <laughs> he probably was. Uh, okay, so the season kind of peters out a bit with a bit of indifferent form. The one match that does uh, strike my attention is a six-nil loss up against Everton on the 29th of April, nineteen seventy-eight. That would be my mum's birthday. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, do, do either of you recall that one? That's a bit of a horrendous shellacking, no pun intended, Shalito. I think I would have just put my fingers in my ears when I saw that come through on the teleprinter. Bottom line is we end up finishing the season in 16th, having played 42, won 11, drawn 14, lost 17 with 36 points. So, I mean, a pretty <coughs> crappy season at the end of the day, which we'll talk about when we, we summarise in a minute. But we just mentioned Tommy Langley going and goal then but uh, I have to say I think this is the season of Tommy Langley 44 appearances 13 goals he even ends up going in goal for us and as, as Tony he described him as marauding mm. but I thought he was superb that season Mickey Droy he wins the player of the season but you know who else particularly caught the eye that season JK uh, well Clive Walker, obviously whose uh, uh, um, energy and enthusiasm was really um, um uh, made you I'm surprised he didn't win player of the year that year actually who um, Clive Walker Clive Walker yeah 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 he was a blonde right, bombshell back then wasn't he I didn't quite understand I think perhaps that business of him flashing out of the window went in his uh, uh, allegedly didn't um, mind you I think you know I think he, he did do it because I think he was uh, uh, he was up before the beak for doing that um, uh, but it made him slightly of a, a figure of fun as a consequence, which was unfair considering his uh, his immense talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was uh, he he was a real uh, a real firebrand walker. Yeah. Um, uh, Kenny Swain was still pretty good. I liked him. Um, uh, <clears throat> I didn't think Butch had as good a season as he had this season before. Not didn't play every game. He only played thirty-seven games this season. He must have been out with a few injuries, I suspect. Um, uh, 
Peter Benetti uh, was in and out, and Phillips. I didn't think either of them was quite uh, up to it, up to the up to the standard of the first division the required. But having said that, though, I thought Clements was a bit dubious in the in the cup game as well. So perhaps perhaps all the players weren't up to the standards that we see nowadays. And yeah. I think I'm using using that yardstick to judge them by because they did both te- lots of teams gave the ball away an enormous amount, and you knew you know latterly with certain teams, Chelsea teams and players, that that was the main thing was keeping possession. I think that was all all across the board is teams kept better possession. But once again, it goes back to my theory of the ball being played longer um, and uh, are much more congested in midfield. And they weren't as fit, obviously. So, um, you know, football has really changed. Uh, uh, you know, so I always, like, I always like Steve Wicks. Yeah, well, he was a mainstay, a mainstay. He played 43 games exactly. that season. Like a, a kind of uh, uh, for want of a better phrase, kind of midfield sort of generally, if you like, you know, but that kind of player that worked relentlessly in the background, never really seemed to get any um, plaudits uh, for, for, for for what he did. And it's very easy for those players to be lost in the, they get lost in the melee of everything else. And, and this is massively before football's Hollywood, Hollywoodization by Sky or whatever. I wonder if Steve Wicks, or if there was a similar player today, whether he would be far more lauded in the sense that... Well, I mean, I, I, always, I, I always saw him... I mean, you know, him and uh, uh, Mickey Droy were like the mainstay of the central defence. Great big blokes. And, yeah. and you know, it's kind of what I... I you know, I kind of... Ex- I ex- you know, 1970s-style football, I expect my centre-backs to be big man mountains and yeah. centre-fours to be great big hulking hod carriers who took no prisoners. And we were still very much in that kind of day. I mean, I'm intrigued by Super Jock, who who I think struggled a bit this season. He only played 21 games, scored four goals. When you consider he scored 26 goals when we went up the year before, it looks like he, he, he found it harder. He substitute a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, there was a few few people we were seeing the last of, quite sadly. Uh, foremost amongst those, Charlie Cook. He only made seven games this season. Uh, and he went, uh, John Dempsey, of course, disappeared earlier on, I think. Uh, David Hay, of course, of whom so much had been hoped for. Uh, he only made seven starts. And, uh, of course, he went out because he, he detached his retina, which he never really got uh, got over. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, um, who else? Ray Lewington did all right. Uh, <coughs> Ch- Chopper, Chopper, 42 appearances that yeah. season. Yeah. No, one, no wonder we leaked so many goals. Oops, who said that? that um, David Hay was a uh, a huge disappointment. Um, yeah. As a signing. Yeah. It was the club saying, well, all right, we may have got rid of, of the stars, but we're going to make one gesture. And in a sense, it would, would have been better not to have spent that money and uh, uh, and given it to the stand because they might then have been able to make a better purchase um, the following year or some smaller purchases just to fill the fill the cracks over because mm. uh, um, he just he just did not did not deliver at all. We we should give a big up to it's Ian Britton. He was the, he was the he, hang on hang on Tony. We should exciting. give up. Yeah, we should exciting. give a big up to Ian Britton, who made forty-five appearances. He was our leading appearance maker that season. I think he was better as a midfield player, which he started playing at mm. before he'd been a winger. And I, I never quite got him bombing down the wing because he he was he was pacey, but I did was a bit flimsy, and he didn't have much skill. He just booted him a bit like Clive Walker. So Clive Walker was much quicker. But uh, midfield, he revealed that he did. He could cross the ball though. He could cross well. 
but it, it, it but I think midfield he revealed that he was actually better uh, he was he was better set up mm. for that. So come on then, boys. You were there. I wasn't. How infuriating was this season? Very up and down. Tony. Uh, well, again, I, I I was glad we hadn't got relegated. Did you think we might? Yeah, because although we'd come up the year before, that you know the fact that we again hadn't bought anybody, that Eddie McCready had gone, that they'd promoted this guy that I'd never heard of, that that apparently everyone else had heard of, um, becomes a uh, it, it just became that kind of my point of view was that if we stayed in the league in Division One that year, we'd have done well and we would have had the chance to 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 do something going ahead. But we singularly failed to do that, as as you'll know from the, the following season when we finished, well, indeed. you know, rock bottom. But um, it, I think it was just uh, the warning signs were there. And I go back to what JK said. There was a board in place. Um that they were skint, I get that, okay. It was very much pre the huge amounts of money being invested in football. They still had uh, a reasonable capacity at the ground. They had uh, a legacy of a club that should have been champions 10 years before, maybe, yeah, that were the only other club that George Best ever considered going to when he was at United or whatever. And it was almost like they had they they had this they were handed a chalice which they firmly dropped and refused to pick up again. Um, and, and symptomatic of that is when you read the stories and I've read some of the books Tim's done and that, you know, that it was it was massively mismanaged in the background that club. Um, and, and so potentially the year after, it was probably on the cards. Uh, you know, the, we, we hadn't invested. We, we probably couldn't invest. Um, uh, and I think we were in danger from this year onwards of be becoming a yo-yo club. That was my fear, that we would mm. become, you know, a QPR or a Burnley or a, uh, a Wolves or a Derby or something that would be, you know, up for two years, back down for one, two years or whatever, you know. And, of course, it very nearly got even worse than that, didn't it, when we were very nearly relegated out of Division 2. Well, I thought yeah. we'd do a Fulham. I thought we'd go down to the third division. Actually. Yeah, but but did you did you did you think that about? The, I mean, you know, like Tony was saying with this season, it it, it was infuriating. Did you think we might get relegated? Because we we're only four points above yeah, those teams that got relegated. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't think the players were good enough. But because mm. they had been good enough the season before under McCready, but they they then displayed, I don't know, a lack of cohesion, a lack of team spirit that um, under McCready they hadn't had. He was so essential. <laughs> yeah. Didn't work under Shellotow. Was was Ken Shellotow up to it, J.K.? I no, I don't think. Ultimately, I think no. He didn't last. He didn't last the next season at all, did he? he didn't um, didn't they get rid of him after one season? I can't remember. Um, uh, no, clearly not. Clearly not, because they thought he might be able to. I don't know what they thought. Uh, would he keep Eddie Mac's way of doing things? No, obviously, it was his own man. Um, but he'd he'd come up from the youth. He didn't inject any of the youth he'd worked with. He kept with the same team, um, other than bringing in Aylett, who I didn't think was ever up to it. Um, there was a great enthusiasm. You always have that enthusiasm for a player, a new player who comes in. He scored a couple of times. Um, he kept going the following season, I remember, um, thinking perhaps he might become good. He, he, he bustled a lot. You always have that thing of... of Wanting somebody to do well. 
and then they're not up to it and you just sort of slightly despair you know but you never a new player you never ever write them off at the beginning because you think well you know they it's a new environment for them if they come in and play wonderfully you think great we've got a great discovery here but at the same time they can always tail off as happens as well so with players but um it, it to me it just got worse and worse and you then you know you then despair at you know some of the the, the people would when the the team was 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 shouted out over the the tannoy before the game there'd be kind of mutters of dismay over certain players who yeah. the, the season before you'd been quite enthusiastic about because they weren't putting in very <coughs> putting in good enough performances but it was mm-hmm. it was a, i think the the problem with the season was that they played so wonderfully against liverpool and then they'd come and it's before the completely unpredictable they then come in and play absolutely dreadfully against yeah. It was the lack of consistency. But yeah, I thought you have to be really worried. I thought it was towards the end of the season, it was coming. Luckily, we beat Leicester. We then and we beat Rangers and we drew with Man City. So we, we stayed up. But the, I think when they lost, they lost to Forest, Middlesbrough and Villa uh, three in a row. I thought, oh, bloody hell, they're going to go. There was a taking that there was a, a kind of collective taking foot off pedals yeah. as that season petered out um, and that almost flirted with the fact that they could go down. In, in, you know, in the sense, I think that when it all started, they probably thought they were safe. And that was enough. That was possibly even the target for that season if they were setting targets back then. <clears throat> um, and, you know, they had to kind of lift themselves a bit, like you said, to get a few results to ensure that. But um, uh, I'm looking at the records and I can see that Shelley left uh, and was replaced that or the, the following season, I think, wasn't it, by Danny Blanchflower? Oh, yeah, which was a disaster. Absolute, absolute well let's let's hold our horses because we're going to get to that in the next few weeks yeah. but, uh, but it's interesting I, to hear it's interesting to hear you both be as frank and honest about the season as, as as you have been actually i mean i had no kind of real i mean for me actually it's really interesting you know in the, in the, in all the seasons we've been covered there's been you know like a major thing happening or a real mm. uh, a real kind of theme of where we are and i mean really apart from us for me this season's always remembered by us tonking liverpool in the fa cup yeah. and and everything else seems to have got missed out it was just like a nothing season apart from that i mean like next season is defined by the relegation as we know the season after that is defined by the absolute sense of awfulness and jeff hurst and danny blanchflower <coughs> you know you can you can always earmark a particular season go yeah. oh it was about that but as far as the league goes this season's just washed over me it was all about that fa cup win against liverpool and just a final point um you know you're talking about uh Shalito and and was he up to it? well yeah you know sorry Shelito, jonathan <laughs> Clearly, uh, I didn't do that to wind you up, but thank God we can see each other now. And I saw the the look of horror on your face. But I mean, yes, okay, history absolutely unequivocally proves that he was not up to it. But I do. I mean, do you have an element of sympathy for him because his hands were so utterly tied behind his back? We had no signings, and we 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 made that I think you know really good point about you know Chelsea should have been in a position to do what Nottingham Forest did. Well, we should have been. But if you look at Forest and what did they do, they spent, um, you know, I think, you know, when they bought Peter Shilton, they paid a million quid for him. He was the most expensive goalkeeper ever. Clough was no fool. He buys Shilton. That changes that team. Uh, who else Who else did he buy in? Did he, did he buy in with Trevor, Gemmel? Trevor Francis he bought. 
No, not yet. It's a bit early for what that. You mean for ultimately, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, he does. He bought. He bought in Gemmel this season. Yeah. So he's brought in, you know, Gemmel, proven international player, superb player. Uh, you know, he two massive buys. That makes the dip. That's what propels them yeah. to win the league and the European Cup. And what do we bring in? We have Trevor Ayler, a kid from the youth. But also, but they 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 didn't do anything. You know the. The baseball ground and the city ground were just shitholes. Yeah, and 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 Kenny Burns as Alan May's yeah. I saw Alan May score yeah. sells me absolutely right. Birmingham, yeah, yeah, yeah. where he was a centre forward and he made exactly. him centre half. Um, yeah. that was that was uh, that was just gift. That was wonderful piece of management putting a guy who'd been they were really filthy centre forward into a really combat filthy centre back. Yeah, completely filthy, but <laughs> intriguing the way it worked because he was so good at, at getting headers, but um. Uh, no, it, it made you realise that if they hadn't built the stand, um, the whole of the Chelsea's history would have been completely different. Yeah. With us possibly competing for European honours. But uh, we would never have had Hoddle, <coughs> never have had Hullet, we'd never have had Bates, no. we'd never have had um, uh, Abramovich. Yeah. Well, it was not to be, and uh, next season we'll carry on this wonderful saga. It's like the Foresight saga, but for Chelsea, really, isn't it? It, it is. There were, there and, were three uh, shining bright lights in 1978. Well, there we go. And, more like the and Bruce be, Forsyth saga. The Bruce Forsyth saga, exactly, yeah. 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 So three, that'll be 70, three, it'll be... Three shining bright moments in 1978, aside from from the, the ones we've mentioned, and the kit, the stupendously fantastic kit. Um, was that Ricardo Cavallo, Didier Drogba and Frank Lampard were all born that year. Well, there we go. There's a silver cloud on every lining, or the <laughs> silver lining on every cloud, if you prefer. Um, all right, uh, so next week it'll be 78, 79. Do tune into that one. It'll be great fun. We'll have Mark Meehan coming back uh, to do that. For some reason, he loves that season. He's a masochist. Anyway, um, <laughs> some of these players, uh, you know, I've been lucky enough to interview for this Chelsea special. Uh, a few uh, well, a few months back now, at the beginning of the season, really. Uh, and it's great. It's a load of interviews with ex-Chelsea players that have all been put up as podcasts on uh, the Podbean platform called Chelsea Special. So we've got Kerry Dixon, Bobby Tambling, Chopper Harris, Tommy Baldwin, Johnny Boyle, John Bumpson, Gary Chivers, Colin Pates, Paul Cannaval, and even Danny Eccles Harkins. Uh, so that's uh, loads of interest there. So do go to chelseaspecial.podbean.com and download them all if you can, but you can do them all individually. The cost is £2.99 each podcast, which we've had to charge because basically we've, we've shelled out a load of money uh, to, to record these and, and pay the guys and everything else. So there we go, chelseaspecial.podbean.com. Uh, when you get to the homepage, you just click on, or you go scroll down, find the episode you want, uh, click on buy single episode now, and it'll take you to a uh, a payment wall or whatever you call it and off you jolly well go it's also got a website chelseaspecial.com and on twitter at chelsea underscore special so do give us a follow and of course we're on facebook too It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 